Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Turn with me, if you would, to, well, you can turn to Matthew 26, uh, verse 26 through 28. Leviticus 17, 11 is what I'm going to read for you as you're turning there, but it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the souls. I want to talk about uh, the life is in the blood. Amen. The life is in the blood. Matthew chapter 26 and uh, verse number 26. It says, and they were eating and Jesus took bread and blessed it. He broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave to them saying, drink ye all of it for this is my blood of the New Testament. Everybody say New Covenant. Which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So the blood was shed for the remission of sins. And I think they have a picture that they can put up there of the tabernacle. If you're not familiar with it, the, the uh, Old Testament or simply covenant or agreement that God had with his people was in the Old Testament. Jesus Christ comes on the scene in the New Testament. He makes a new covenant. All right. The Old Covenant way for the forgiveness of sins was given to Moses and was instituted in uh, to the children of, of Israel after they came out of Egypt. But this was the old covenant, and we can see there the first piece. If you come in, and that's the altar of sacrifice, where they would sacrifice the lamb or whatever the sacrifice was. The brazen labor was the next one. That's where they washed, symbolizing the, the altar of sacrifices, symbolizes repentance, right? We know from the New Testament, we, and we may get into it a little bit, but if not, that the Old Testament is a shadow and type of the New Covenant, Okay, so the first article there was the uh, altar of sacrifice. This is where you kill. That's repentance, symbolic of repentance. The brazen labors where they washed, symbolic of baptism. And then you go into the holy place, which it doesn't have the curtain on this right side, just so you can see a picture of it. But inside there, you have the three different uh, articles. And then in the very back there, they don't have the curtain across that either, but there's the curtain that takes you into the holy place. So the holiest of holies was behind this curtain, and that's where the high priest would go in once a year, offer the blood from the sacrifice for the remission of the people's sins, or the atonement, I guess, if you will, of the people's sins for the year, all right? So there used to be a veil inside of here, inside this uh, uh, holy place. And it would go across and it sheltered from the holiest of holies. And behind there was the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant. And so we're not going to take time to go over all of it. But basically what happened when Jesus came and he said, it is finished, that veil in the temple was rent, the one going into the holy place, signifying that now we can all come boldly into the presence of God, all right? It happened when, he, when his body was crucified. He said it was finished. It was through his flesh. 
but it's through his blood that we have the forgiveness of sin. The life is in the blood. They used to sacrifice an animal, but now we don't do that anymore because we had Jesus Christ. Amen? And there's power and life in the blood of the Lamb and of the gospel. We used to sing those old songs. We still do a little bit, but there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Remember those songs? Any of you old-timers remember them? Amen? I see a crimson stream of blood. There's power in the blood. Amen? And um, a lot of times people say, well, you know, you have a bloody religion. Well, I guess we do because it's the power is in the blood. Amen? And uh, there's nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. We can never lose sight to the fact of the power that's in the blood. Amen. That's, all of our, that's where all of our power comes from, through the blood of Jesus Christ. When Jesus went through and he became, he went in as a high priest, went into the holies, he, he tore down that middle partition between us and the presence of God. Amen. So that's a great thing. That's what we are able to now enter in to the presence of God. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And nothing can wash away our sins. The Bible declares itself to be a living book. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12, it says, For the word of God is quick. Everybody say quick. That word simply means living or alive. The word of God is alive. Hallelujah. And it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to the joints and the marrow. And that's where the red blood cells are produced in the human body. But God's powerful word goes into that place. And as a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart, it gets into the, to the system. Amen. And able to help us to understand that we need God. And that we can only find the remission of sins through the power that's in the blood. This word, it's alive. It'll speak to your heart. Amen? Don't ever let it become so common to you that it cannot speak to you. Amen? Don't let it just go in one ear and out the other because there's a requirement of obedience to the Word of God. It can do the work. It's powerful. Amen? But we need to realize the difference between this book and any other book is the fact that this has the blood Flowing through every verse and every chapter, hallelujah, of its pages, amen. And from the blood that was shed in the garden to cover Adam and Eve in that first sin, that sin a man has continued on through and blood has been the sacrifice. Abel was the one that brought a more excellent sacrifice than Cain because he brought a blood sacrifice, amen. Noah offered a sacrifice when he got off the boat after the flood. 
We read about the altars of Abraham. And of course, what we showed earlier, the tabernacle plan. And it was when John the Baptist looked up and saw Jesus coming down the road. And he said this, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Without the blood, this would be just another book. Without the blood, it would just be some kind of philosophy or good reading or good stories or whatever. But the blood of Jesus Christ puts the power into this book. Amen? Because it's by the power that we have redemption. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers therein perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. It's just saying if that would have been suffice to been enough, the Old Testament covenant and the sacrifices of the tabernacle plan, if that would have been enough. They would, we would still be doing it today, amen? But that particular type of act, um, sacrifice did not relieve the individual of the, consci- of the conscious. Because in verse 3 it says, But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Amen. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when he... Jesus cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. Amen. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. So, in other words, those sacrifices of the Old Testament were not sufficient to cover us, and God didn't have any um, pleasure in those things. So he prepared himself a body. 1 Timothy 3.16 Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Let me just put this in here. I'm not really talking about it. But the God the Father didn't say to God the Son, Go down there and die for my creation. Amen? But it was God himself that prepared himself a body. God manifested in the flesh. Amen. And so we need to understand that Jesus, hallelujah, was God, the manifestation of God to the world. And so he said, a body thou hast prepared me. He said, without controversy, without controversy, without any argument, this is a great mystery. God was manifest in the flesh. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 10, verses 19 through 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy, holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. We talked about that. That is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, repentance, and our bodies washed with pure water, or baptism, amen? And so we can come boldly 
with confidence into the presence of God. Amen. He sacrificed the great sacrifice for you and I so that we could have the remission of sins. He doesn't require us to die. It wouldn't help us to shed our own blood because our blood's tainted. Our blood is condemned. Our blood is not pure. Amen. And so, but he does require us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, not to die for him, but to live for him. So that's how we give God glory and honor. And that's how we show that we're committed to him in that we live for God. Hallelujah. That we sacrifice ourselves to live for God. Amen. That we take on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We receive his spirit into our lives. Praise God. But the blood is a powerful thing. And, and when we look at the blood as far as the body is concerned. And I got this information uh, by a man by the name of Dr. M.R. Dehan. Amen. He, was, he wrote some of this about the, the, uh, how the blood actually works in the body. The blood makes up different kinds of is made up of different kinds of tissue, all right? There's fat, there's muscle, there's fat, and there's nerves, and there's fat, and there's glands, and there's bones, and did I say there's fat, etc. I just added that in there. He didn't really write all that. These tissues are fixed cells that have a specific and limited function. All right. So all these cells in the body made up of different kinds of tissues, they're fixed cells and they have a specific limited function. The blood, however, is a fluid and not limited to one part of the body, but is free to flow throughout the body, supplying fixed uh, cells with nourishment and carrying away uh, waste products. And this process is called metabolism. All right. It also, the blood also produces energy. Praise God. The power's in the blood. That's just in our natural body. And so today we understand through science and everything that the life is in the blood. That we can't live without the, the blood flowing through our veins, right? And they weren't always aware of that in days gone by. Uh, they used to do the, uh, what they used to call bloodletting. And if they, somebody was or had a sickness, they thought if you cut them and drained some of their blood, then that disease would leave them. Not knowing, you know, they can't do that because the life is in the blood. A lot of people died from that. We don't do that anymore these days. Or if it is, it's under a controlled uh, element because we realize in the natural that the blood is our life. Amen. The average human body has five quarts of blood. Pumped by the heart through the system every 23 seconds. It is constantly supplying, cleansing, and at the same time communicating with every other cell in the body. Once the blood fails to reach the cells and the member and its members, the body dies. If the blood ever stops flowing, amen, the body dies. And no man actually ever does die until his body ceases to circulate throughout the body. The life is in the blood. 
We understand that, right? So when we look at this in comparison to the blood of Jesus, the natural points us to a greater spiritual truth. And it's just fascinating how God uses just everyday things to be an example for his spiritual, amen, um, greater truths. The church is the body of Christ. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 20, or 14. For as the body is one and hath many members, all right, and all the members are of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. So we are the body. We understand that, right? But as we look at it through this this blood situation, we are the body of Christ. Amen? And our only livelihood comes from the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And thank God he spilled it over 2,000 years ago, but it's still with us today. It still has the power, amen? There's still power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and I'm going through a lot of scriptures, but for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for what? For the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So we have faith in this blood, the blood of Christ, and it's for the remission of sins. Jesus is talking to his disciples in Luke chapter 24. He's already died, rose again, and getting ready to leave them again. But he meets with them before he ascends into heaven. In verse 45, it says, Then opened he, their, the disciples, their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and what? Remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till ye be endued with power from on high. So he's telling them, he's telling his disciples, and they follow this, and most of us here know that, but they do that. They're going to Jerusalem and they're waiting for this promise of the Father. Acts chapter 2, we find that the Holy Ghost is poured out and they're speaking in other tongues. They're wanting to know what this is. And Peter says this was the promise of the Father. This is what he's talking about. He's Christ in us now, the promise of the Father. But he says in his message in Acts chapter 2 verse 38... Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. All right? So the blood is for the remission of sins. The the blood of Jesus Christ was for that remission of sins. And we find that being preached 
by the disciples. In Acts uh, Acts 19, 3 through 5, he said unto them, these were some men of Ephesus that Paul runs across. He says unto them, then what were you baptized? How were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism. Then said John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him that should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. The baptism is for the baptism of the remission of sins, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3, 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So when we're baptized in his name, we put on that covering of Jesus Christ, which includes the blood that was shed on Calvary. Ananias was speaking to Paul at his conversion, and he said to Paul, And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3 through 7, Jesus answering, said in the verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily I say unto you, Except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born Again, hallelujah. Baptism is for the remission of sins. It's plain, it's spelled out in the Word of God. And I'm just simply here to say if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you've not had the blood applied to your life. And once the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life, hallelujah, you can have the power. Of the living gospel moving and working in your life. And he tells Nicodemus in here, John 3, you got to be born again. You got to have a new birth. The blood is applied at baptism, and it's also where the name is applied. When that child is born, it used to be that they would take on the father's name, amen? And the bloodline does not come from the mother, but the bloodline comes from the father. Amen. He says, you got to be born again. The blood, hallelujah, identifies the Father, and it also identifies the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the virgin birth of Jesus was necessary because the blood doesn't come from the mother, right? It comes from the Father. And so Jesus' blood, hallelujah, did not have the blood of Adam within him. We are all related by the blood, Adam by the natural blood. Adam is uh, the sinful and polluted blood, right? In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, he says, And hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bonds of their habitation. 
Our blood carries the death sentence because Adam sinned. Amen? And this is one thing, without any exception, we're all going to die. Amen? You, unless the Lord comes back, you're going to get out of this, this world in one way. Either the second coming of Jesus Christ or you're going to die. Amen? Because of the sin of Adam. Amen? We all carry this death sentence within our blood. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after that the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So in the natural we're going to have to die. That's just going to be it. We got, everybody's going to go through that process. But in the spiritual, if you are born again, you can have the blood of Jesus Christ flowing through your spiritual veins, if you will. Hallelujah. That we have now a royal blood that's flowing through the veins of the church. Amen. You've got to be born again. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we're all born into sin through the, uh, through the fall of Adam. It was Adam's fall, his sin, that caused this tainted blood. And it was told him that he said, when you do take of this fruit, when you do sin, you're going to die. And that's exactly what happened when Adam died. Not only did he die a spiritual death because he didn't have that communion with God anymore, but he also, we know, died the natural death. He died the natural death of which we all have. And so Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Romans 6.23. So the wages, something that you've worked for or something that you've earned, the wages of sin is death. We all deserve it, right? We've worked for this sin. We've done it. And the wages of sin is death. Sin always brings death. Amen. I know that seems like elementary. But oh my goodness, if we would tell ourselves that every time temptation walks into our lives, that temptation and sin brings forth death, we would much easily push away that temptation. Amen. And like I said, I know it seems just simple and plain, but we need to remind ourselves the wages of sin is death. You sin, you're going to die. You sin, something is going to die. It always affects something. Sin is a very powerful thing. But thanks be to God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if we become born again, hallelujah, and we have the blood applied, we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We're no longer walking after the flesh. This old body is just a tabernacle that's going to pass away. But within us lies the presence of God. Hallelujah. That's been washed by the blood of Calvary. Amen. It's a powerful thing. I know we were around church and it just becomes ho-hum to us. But oh my goodness, there is power, power, wonder-working power 
in the precious blood of the Lamb. Don't ever forget the power of the Lamb. That is the gospel, folks. The death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is our message to a lost and dying world. That, hey, Jesus came and he died in my place. But he rose again. Hallelujah. And you can be a part of this kingdom. Hallelujah. If you are born again. And baptism is important, folks. It's so so important. Amen. It's a part of the salvation. You can say, oh, baptism doesn't save you. I beg to differ. Because that's where the blood's applied. And you can't survive without the blood. Amen. And so the fact of sin uh, contaminated the blood is the very reason that there had to be a virgin birth. Luke chapter 1 verse 35, the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and thou shalt bring forth a son, and call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of David, and he shall reign over the throne of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I've never had that kind of relationship with a man. The angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So the, Mary came about to give birth to Jesus Christ by being overshadowed by God himself. The power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Matthew 1, he puts it like this. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. It's very important for us to understand and to have the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Son of God is simply the description of His office in the flesh. But make no mistake, Jesus Christ was all God. Hallelujah. For in Him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. Christ put on the flesh, just like Adam did, which is not inherently sinful, all right? But he could not partake of the blood because that's where the contamination is. Christ was born of a woman, not man. Since he did not have a drop of Adam's blood, he did not share in Adam's sin. Can you say, thank the Lord? Hallelujah. And just like the natural blood gives life to us, so the blood of Jesus is the believer's source of life. And it keeps cleansing us. Just like the natural blood system that flows through the body. It cleanses it, heals it, constantly having communication with all the different parts of the body. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. Amen. Have you been, I've been singing songs this morning as I've been studying for this, but have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Hallelujah. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood 
of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 7 verse 13 says, And one of the elders answered and saying, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And he said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. He said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, for they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. How could that be? It's an impossibility in the natural to have a garment, wash it in blood, and it come out white, right? But not so, hallelujah, with the power and cleansing power of Almighty Jesus Christ. Because we can bring our, our sins to Him, which are scarlet, and He makes them white as snow. Amen? He throws them in that sea of forgetfulness. Because we have another bot, a member in this body, in the blood system, called the white blood cells. They're larger than the blood cells, but there's fewer in number. And let me just see if I can't get through this, but it's kind of interesting. Sometimes they're called the standing army of the bloodstream. When an infection incurs in the body, and the body is attacked by the enemy, the enemy army of germs, the news is flashed back to the camp, where the white blood cells are manufactured immediately, and the body turns out a great increased number of these white cells and rushes them to the point of infection. You think about this in the spiritual aspect, how that when we're under attack, God sends an army, hallelujah, to our defense. He can send a multitude of angels into our defense, hallelujah, because they're there, praise God, to protect us and to lead us and guide us. Isaiah said it like this, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So when you prick your finger and an infection starts, you soon notice the swelling around the wound, right? This is caused by the blood rushing to the area with these little soldiers, these white blood cells. They gather, they begin to surround that point of infection. Millions of these soldiers are killed in the process and are gathered into one place where they form what we call pus. So when you see that pus forming on the outside of your wound, that's a good sign. It's telling you that your white blood cells are working, that they're going to the place of infection. When the dead in the form of the, of the, uh, the pus has been expelled, the blood and other white cells come in, they clean up the battlefield, and a new tissue, hallelujah, comes to be healed. All that's left is a little scar. And I can say this, that sin may leave a scar in your life, but Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all of your sin. Amen. That's why the, the doctor, he'll take a blood sample when he is, uh, suspects that you might have an infection. He'll take a blood sample because if there's an increased number of white blood cells in that sample, then he knows that there's an infection that they're trying to ward off. Our bodies are an amazing thing. David understood this uh, way back there before we had any of this knowledge. When Psalms 139, 14, he said, I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. We are marvelously made in the natural. But greater than that is the marvel of the church 
of the living God. Hallelujah. That God has applied his blood to, given the victory over sin. Hallelujah. And the church can rise above the sins of this world. That's a marvelous. And that's why we need to be like David and said, oh, you are great, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. Amen. I will praise thee. Hallelujah. For I am fearfully and wonderfully saved, not just made in the natural, but saved. He's made a way. Hallelujah. For us to escape this thing that's called sin and the damnation that comes along with it. What the blood does for the body is what the blood of Jesus does for the believers. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down and accuses them before our God day and night. Verse 11, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their own lives unto death. Now I realize that this is referring to Israel during the tribulation, but it can apply to us as well. Satan attacks us before God, but the blood covers the church. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Satan will try to attack you with questions of doubt. Are you really saved? Look what you've done. You failed God again. Our only hope, my friend, is that we plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. First John chapter seven, verse uh, chapter one, verse seven says, "But if you walk in the light as He is in the light, we will have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from what." All sins. Hallelujah. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse eight, very powerful pointed verse. I want us to realize this morning. If we deceive ourselves when we say, I don't need the Lord, I'm doing okay. It's not really that bad of a sin. I'm getting by with it. Nobody really knows about it. It's a deception that you're only deceiving yourselves. But if we confess our sins, now this is written to people that are already saved. Hallelujah. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, hallelujah. When we confess our sins to the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That we have righteousness in our lives. The blood also contains something called antitoxins, which is there to help stop reoccurring infections. And in the spirit, I would just like to say, I'd like to call this conviction. We've sinned, we've had an attack, and we have these sometimes reoccurring things in our life that keep attacking us. I want you to know today that that is not the will of God. Hallelujah. You don't have some little sin over here that you just can't get the victory over. God has given us the power through the blood. That's where the blood is. That's where we can plead the blood. Don't let the devil 
make you deceive yourself and to believe a lie that there's no sin. Amen. Get it out of your life. Go to the Lord. God will help you claim the blood, plead the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only hope that we have is to plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14. But Christ become a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Speaking of the new covenant that he's made with us. Not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Not the old tabernacle. Neither by the goat, the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of uh, bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hallelujah. Our God is alive, folks. All we simply have to do is repent, recognize our sins, repent of our sins. If you've not yet been baptized, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. Hallelujah. That's where the blood is applied. Amen. And he will say, he gives you this gift. You repent, you get baptized, and I will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is Christ in us. Hallelujah. The hope of glory. Amen. Let me close with this. 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ. Oh, precious is the blood. Hallelujah. Of Jesus Christ. As a lamb without blemish, And without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and the unfringed love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being what? Born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. And there it is, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is alive because it has the blood flowing through its veins. For all flesh is as grass And all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The word of God is going to abide forever. It never changes. Our obligation to it is obedience. Obeying the truth. I'm reaching today for somebody that's not been baptized in Jesus' name. After the morning service, every service, we've got the baptistry heated up. 
and going, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to come to an altar, ask God to forgive you of your sins and have the blood applied to your life through baptism of Jesus' name. And we baptize all the time. My granddaughter uh, came into my office this morning and she said, Papa, she said, I want you to pick me up after class. She says, uh, it's been a long time since you've picked me up after class. She says, now you come and get me at class before you go baptizing, okay? Says, I usually do the baptizing back here. But she wanted to make a point. But I thought what, le- what left oppression on me is the thought that we're baptizing people here all the time. It's enough for her to realize, oh, after service, we're going to baptize people Because the word is alive. Hallelujah. It's alive and it's well and it's living. And it wants to do a work in your life. Amen. God bless you this morning. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you, God, for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we pray this morning that you would move in each and every heart. Help us, oh God, to get all of our sins under the blood. Help us to realize, Lord, that no sin is going to enter into heaven. And oh my God, we have this great and marvelous way that's been made a way for us to enter in. Help us to be obedient to the gospel, Lord. To live with you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. We thank you for Calvary, O oh Lord, and what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. amen.